It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Everybody, oh my god, the Eagles are 500 for the first time in five weeks. Another comeback victory, another fourth quarter slash OT comeback victory for your boy Carson Wentz to Greg Ward to solidify it. Nigel Bradham, uh, for those of you that bet the over, I'm sure you can say thank you to him and maybe even send a send some of those winnings to a to a nice charity. As it is, uh, Go Birds, the podcast. As uh, you are tuned in uh, to number one fifty six, as we are. I mean, unfortunately, the Cowboys are kicking just shit out of the Rams right now, thirty four to seven, as we're recording this. So it could have been even more exciting and more amped up, and we could have been getting ready essentially for a playoff game uh, next week. Well, they're all playoff games now. John Barcher, James Seltzer, and of course. Elliot Shore Parks, the whole gang is here. James, uh, does does Elliot Shore Parks need to apologize to Carson Wentz now? Because I think he has to. Yeah, well, that I mean, long time coming, right? <laughs> uh, look, all Carson well, Wentz does is lead game winning fourth quarter touchdown. I mean, it's drive. the most important thing in the world, or not? But you know, <laughs> I don't know. Look, I look. Well, well we do was, know we do know one thing, and it's there, the fourth quarter drives are not important to John Barchard. So yeah, me and maybe I don't have to. Maybe I don't have to apologize to Wentz, <laughs> but I do know Barchard doesn't care that he's leading fourth quarter drives. They're so. they're important. They're obviously important. They're just you know you know it's okay. your favorite now thing in the world. Now they're I always said they're important. Yeah. It's not the most important thing. You overrate them all the time. But wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice if both sides of the ball showed up in the same game and then we didn't nice. need a fourth quarter drive and the defense <laughs> didn't suck ass against Dwayne freaking Haskins? That'd yes. be cool. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be awesome. Uh, that was uh, God. And th- again, just another game that you knew it was going to happen like that, not exactly with the, the fourth quarter win there, but just such a back-and-forth sloppy mess. And you were right, James. I mean, like, the defense was the one that was uh, the most sloppiest out of this. And also, if Carson Wentz doesn't fumble a football and is, you know, own 30, that you probably don't have to have uh, a fourth quarter comeback there either. But who knows? Uh, Elliot, what, what was your biggest takeaway from this game so far? Well, first, let me say this. Every week when uh, I'm driving home from the game, I listen to your guys' pod, like the post-game pod, and now I'm driving home and listening, but it's like I'm taking part in the pod. It's a <laughs> real experience. So very, very happy to be on. But, look, my biggest takeaway is kind of what I said last week after the win after the, 
over the Giants is winning these really close games matters. And whatever's going to happen the rest of the season, uh, we'll see. But in the long term, I think from how people can feel about Wentz two weeks ago now, you have to feel better about him. I mean, two weeks in a row, he led them down the field to win. And not only has he led them, I mean, it looked pretty easy today. Like, I think he was eight for eight on the final drive, 70 yards. Great throw to Greg Ward. Great catch as well by Greg Ward. But I, going forward, I just think big picture, this is another big stepping stone for Wentz. Oh, it's a, it's a huge one. And, and for me, James, like, it started – immediately you you only come away with three points on that opening drive but Carson Wentz has looked the most confident that I've ever seen him this season coming out of that first that first series and you saw it almost immediately and just the ebb and flow of how this thing went it obviously you know uh didn't look pretty for a lot of the middle part of this game but his confidence never wavered wavered and for the first time I saw him get pissed off in a way that was like we're not going to do this next drive it's on me and we're going to take care of business I loved seeing that, you know, the, the the technical side. Yeah, there was there was some errant throws again, uh, short, medium, long, you know, the, the usual stuff for him. But overall, just a, a phenomenal, poised Carson Wentz game that we all absolutely needed. Uh, you, we had said it before on the, on the last pod and looking back on the season, this is a turning point in his career. I fully believe that, and it's only going to help, obviously, in the short term now during this playoff run, and hopefully they get there, but for the future – Seeing these guys with three again, three wide receivers, very young, and they wanted to go to work. And but despite all the mistakes that happened, they kept going. They kept going. Uh, Carson was another leader on the field again today. It's it's exactly what we've wanted as Eagles fans for a very long time. Yeah, look, I think you made the point about Carson. You could just tell he was confident. It felt like when he took the field, each of those times when the defense kept giving it back, and granted. Don't get me wrong. Carson was inconsistent. He missed some throws. That fumble was huge. But ultimately, the last couple weeks, we've seen Carson with a bevy of weapons that is substandard. And look, I, Greg Ward, huge Greg Ward fan. We have to have a real conversation about what the fuck it took so long to get him up here. I mean, it is crazy. Oh, He's been oh, the best receiver. Don't on you team. worry. It's coming. But, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, Wentz with, with a lack of you know true weapons, guys he – theoretically should trust or has worked with a lot has found a way to just continue to kind of carry this offense when they needed it. They needed it. And that throw to Miles Sanders for the touchdown, one of the best throws of his career, just an unbelievable, he could add the first running. I'm like, run it, run it. And then he just fires a strike and Sanders a great job. Definitely. In my opinion, the, the the best game Miles Sanders has played in the NFL. He was awesome today. Uh, the, they needed the offense. The defense didn't show up. The offense needed to show up to win, and it did time and time again. And and at the end there, the confidence, the swagger to just put it away like that, just uh, I thought it was a really impressive showing from the offense today. Uh, also, Elliot, you didn't see it uh, because obviously you're in the press box down there, but the moment that that pass was fired into Miles Sanders into the corner of the end zone, Tom Brenneman on the broadcast yells, it's an interception, and I'm going, what happened? <laughs> and you're just looking at it and going like, oh, okay. Uh, again, one of the, I don't know, Tom Brenneman just sounds like an old man yelling at a cloud at this point in his career. He's a pro's pro. I, I think he's good at, at what he does. But, man, it's really annoying to, to hear his voice throughout this entire game, which is always a reminder to turn on uh, Merrill and Mike while this thing is going on. But 
when when you saw that happen, and well, I know I know it's really hard to yeah. see in the press box there too. So that's why I'm giving Tom the benefit of the doubt. What what did you see when that play happened? Because I, I mean that was that is probably Carson Wentz's best throw I've ever seen him throw. Like that was on a line, inches away from everybody on the dead corner of the end zone for a touchdown. I thought it was the the best of his career. Yeah, it was an unreal throw. And I actually think it's a throw that uh, on replay looks even better. I mean, you know, just seeing it, the different angles on Twitter, seeing it in slow motion, all those things. I mean, everyone talks about Carson Wentz's arm strength, right, and about how far he can throw the ball. Yep. That's not arm strength. What that throw was was arm strength. I mean, that was 15 yards out, an absolute rocket, right to him, spiral the entire time, right into his hands, past three defenders. It was, it was definitely the best throw Carson Wentz has made. I mean, I, I, I might be forgetting one, but just in terms of like an awe factor, I, I thought it was just an absolutely unreal throw. And also credit to Miles Sanders for making the catch. I mean, coming into the season, and I was one of them, saying, you know, can this guy catch the ball? At Penn State, he didn't do it a lot. He had a relatively high drop rate in college. Um, but once again, it appears that's just because James Franklin is a trash coach, and that's basically <laughs> the only reason. Because – I mean, he's been unreal and not taking anything away from Carson on the throw because the throw was amazing, but the, the catch was also really good. I mean, yeah. to, to keep concentration, to stay in bounds. I mean, you asked what my view was of the, the throw. Everyone in the press box thought Miles was out of bounds. And then when you watch it, the job he did keeping in, uh, it was it was incredible. Yeah, and don't uh, don't make make sure your ass doesn't get any bigger, man, because like, those cheeks were right <laughs> Right there, man. That was right yeah, it was incredible. Like that whole that whole sequence was was awesome. Um, and let's talk about Miles for a second here, James, because the, the I mean, as impressive as that was, thank God that that man looked exactly like uh, uh you know we thought he would eventually become on the ground as well. 129 yards on the ground, and no no hesitation in this one. Week by week, this kid has run better and better and better and better, and you see him improving, 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 which should always give you hope in uh, in development and things like that. But today he just said, I'm going to put my balls on the table. Uh, also, I passed you know, LaShawn McCoy's rookie uh, rushing yards uh, today. I think he is also now tops of all rookies, rookie running backs, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but just a phenomenal day for Miles Sanders, and I think that actually got lost in the, uh, obviously, in the uh, the excitement of, of ending the game, and that's all anybody could talk about, and rightfully so, but Miles Sanders was phenomenal today from running, from pass blocking, from catching the football, just all around what I thought on draft night of a guy that could eventually look like LaShawn McCoy and have that type of productivity. Uh, finally saw it in full today there, James. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, 122 on the ground, six, uh, 50 receiving, six catches for 50, 172 total yards. Obviously had that awesome touchdown reception, the rushing touchdown as well, just a monster day from Sanders. And yeah, he he looked more decisive today. There were a couple times where it seemed like he stuttered a little bit, but for the most part, he was more decisive, hit the hole harder. And ultimately, like it felt like the Redskins just didn't want to tackle him. You know, it felt like he was bringing it to them a lot more than they were bringing it to him. So um, I'm with you, man. Just it was awesome to see. You know, you Sanders is taking the second round, and we've talked a lot about you know seeing the flashes, but not really feeling super confident that he's a hundred percent home run. He certainly looked like one today. Uh, granted, the defense wasn't great, but 
just uh, yeah, man. Uh, where where are they today without Miles Sanders and Greg Ward and and Zach Ertz too? Some some really nice catches. Uh, Wentz missed him on a few, but Ertz yep. continues to make big. Is there anyone in the history of Eagle the Eagles who scored more big touchdowns than Ertz? I don't think so. I can't think of anyone. <laughs> also, also, I would add. I mean, to your point. Like Washington's not a good defense, but they are fairly good at stopping the run. I mean, that was that's kind of been their strength. So I thought that was impressive. But but also with Miles, I mean, the numbers aside, and the numbers are certain certainly impressive. But I thought there were multiple times today where he just kind of looked like that guy, like yep. the breakaway speed he showed uh, on the fifty-six yard run on the one of the first uh, catches of the day. I'm pretty sure he made like three guys miss and got an extra four yards. So. I thought just outside of the consistent production, and you're right, this offense would be in major trouble without him. But just outside of that, I thought there were a lot of moments where you just looked at him and said, okay, this guy looks like the real deal. Yeah, the uh, the infamous eye test is always king, and that is that's like the, the – it is. The same way that Carson looked, I would say that it's the same way that Miles Sanders looked. And I don't know if it's because – that the other, you know, that Alshon and Nelly and all these other guys aren't there and Miles doesn't have Jordan Howard to back him up anymore. Like, it just looked like those two guys today said, no one's going to help us. Fuck it. We have to do it. You know, and the same thing with Ertz and the same thing with Dallas Goddard, who had a phenomenal catch, you know, towards the end of this thing, too. Uh, everybody looked like they were, uh, they, they knew it was at stake, even though it was sloppy and inconsistent. And that's just going to happen. That, and, and I saw a lot of people complaining today, and I understand that, you know, uh, I have the same complaints with the, with the Giants as you do with Washington. You look at these two teams, it's like, dude, it's a two and three win team, and this is horseshit. Uh, but if we're going to scream about like lack of weapons and things that are around and all these other different injuries and you didn't have Lane Johnson today, and the one thing that stood out to me the most out of all of that is uh, is Big V. Like You didn't hear his name called at all. Uh, the running game was really successful and something that he's not the best at doing. Uh, the offensive line, I thought, played pretty well today. Not great overall, but pretty well today. And maybe I might change my mind when I relook at this thing. But when you're complaining about the, the lack of like, oh, this doesn't look right, that doesn't look right, yeah. It's because they're, they don't have a lot of talent on offense. They don't. I don't know what the defense's excuses is, uh, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But like th- to me, it just like, y- yes, uh, you are, you're right. It doesn't look crisp. It doesn't look like there's Hall of Famers out there. It doesn't look like there's a, a, a ton of talent. That's the point. The point is Carson and Miles and Ertz and the guys that are supposed to step, to, step up did, and everybody else stepped up because they said, we're not going to let this happen. And guys like Greg Ward, and I know J.J. had a big drop in this one, too. Um, and I don't, did, Rob, did Rob even get on the field? Did Rob Davis get on the field at all? I didn't, yeah, I didn't he was on the name. field, but I, he didn't have a catch. No, I don't no, even no think targets, he had a target. Right? Yeah, uh, just kind of out there to fill out the, the 11 personnel. And so, like, I, I, Elliot, I understand that, that people will look at this game as it was really, really sloppy in, in, in parts, and they're not going to get all fired up because, uh, again, it's, it's Washington. But, like, dude, it's two back-to-back wins, <laughs> you know, with dealing with the circumstances that you have. I don't think that should be taken lightly. I still don't really fully buy that they can beat Dallas at home, but I'm going to find out. There's hope in there. You know, if they, I, I expected that, just like we said, I haven't seen, we haven't seen Carson and Doug win three in a row in a very long time, so... Man, I, I, I just – you should be happy for this. Like, this was incredible the way they kept fighting back with uh, – and that's been the theme of the year, uh, you know, all year here. Maybe this is a topic for later on when we preview Dallas, but I, I do think that last week when Carson led the game-winning drive and the game-winning uh, – the game-time drive and the game-winning drive, I thought it was just clear-cut 
great game by Carson. He won the game. That's what's most important. And I felt a lot of optimism afterwards because of it. I think you should feel that same type of optimism today, like you're saying. Like, maybe it's not pretty, but they won the game. And ultimately, they're not – I mean, the Cowboys apparently are playing great today, but they're not, they're not a great team. But I do think that after watching Carson now basically not play a really good game in what? Five weeks, six weeks. I mean, he deserves credit for the comeback wins. Absolutely. He gets an A for today in my book because of it. But I do think when you're projecting forward, Carson needs to play better for overall. I mean, the, the, uh, he did not play well today. Like the fumbles remain an issue. I think he has 45 now in 54 games. Not all of those are lost, but he's put the ball on the ground that amount of times. Again, just missing throws. I mean, his accuracy, it, it's such an issue. And it's really it has to be a big topic and a big point of emphasis for this team going forward, especially in the offseason. He's not an accurate passer. I mean, he can make amazing throws, as we already discussed, but he's not a consistently accurate passer. And if Dallas is going to play like they are playing today next week, Carson's not going to get a shot in game-winning drive because if he doesn't play better early on, then it's not going to be a close game. That being said, again, like all the props in the world to Carson for leading those game-winning drives. All I've ever said with Carson is, I want to see him be clutch, and he's done it two weeks in a row. That's the part of it where you, you, your mind starts to wonder for a little bit. I thought the same thing, uh, but you know, I, I've kind of had that feel for for the last couple of weeks, and, and to, for him to be. This is where you and I always kind of disagree on this. But overall, if there was, uh, you know, the the inconsistency is is him, but it's also not all him. You know, and that's why I think that can eventually he's going to have to work on that. There's no doubt about it. Um, and there are times where, and this is why you and I disagree so much on the fourth quarter comeback thing because they, they, it wasn't necessary today. It didn't have to happen that way uh, if they played a little better uh, in the middle of this game, and they didn't. Thank God that the, he's got that tool in his belt right now that is just humming with a lot of confidence and knowing that he can just take that team and go down there. But yeah, absolutely, they can't. None of this over the last. I mean, they can't play like. Like they uh, against Dallas, like they played pretty much any time during the season outside of Buffalo and Green Bay. If if that's so, that's nothing. That's nothing new. Uh, It's just that this inconsistent team has found and fought a way to still keep their playoff hopes alive. Unlike the Bears who lost today uh, in Green Bay, they've been eliminated. So and and it's a and it's in a crappy division. And I don't think Dallas is that much better. Again, you know, even though uh, Jason Garrett gave a swirly to freaking Sean McVay, who now might be one of the most over coaches because that's what we like to do uh, you know <laughs> when people have bad seasons and everybody freaks out it's the same thing like everybody yelling at Sean McVay sounds to me like everybody yelling about Carson Wentz so uh, yeah and, and James I don't know if your mind has wandered that way too but like looking at this game and now that Dallas is coming up here and you're just sitting here going like oh my god I you know that was that was awesome and then seeing this Dallas Cowboys performance and going well, shit, I hope they don't play as inconsistent as they had all season or whatever, but I, I don't know. This is To me, this is going to be let's let the chips fall where they may because Dallas hasn't been playing consistent either, and just because they ended up beating a hot Rams team it, it means nothing to me you know. At, at this point. It's at home, it's in a different environment, and, and who knows. I, and, and Doug Peterson's a better coach than Sean McVay. I 100% agree with you, John. I, I think that Doug Peterson is not only a better coach than Sean McVay, he's a better coach than... Jason Garrett and this Dallas team going on the road. I I don't know why anyone would trust them again. I understand why you wouldn't trust this Eagles team either, but I I really think it's anyone's game. I I think heading in right now, look, it's 
Dallas week, in Philly, at home. You have to feel confident that the Eagles have a real chance to win this game at home. And obviously, the season, in for all intents and purposes, assuming neither team screws up in Week 17, which is totally possible, uh, coming down to this game. So um, I'm with you. Uh, what this week? What happened this week here versus the Rams means absolutely nothing to me. A Rams team that showed up with zero effort, zero life. Um, I, I think either team could win next week. Dallas is more talented. I think the Eagles are a little tougher. They're at home, a little mentally tougher. I, I really could see it going either way. Yeah. Uh, so it, I actually disagree with you. I, I, hold on. I, I disagree with you, James. Uh, I think, and I guess maybe you too, Barchard, but <laughs> I actually think the Cowboys game today does mean something. I mean, they had 10 days off, right, which I think can be good for a team when you're struggling. You kind of wash all of it away and you get a fresh restart. Um, the Rams have been playing their best football of the year, so I do think the Cowboys' performance today was more so about them than the Rams. Now, Jared Goff, from what I saw of the game, did not seem like he was playing well, which obviously oh, he was horrendous. Helped, but yeah, so and that that helps. And I, I mean, Carson's playing better now than Jared, than Jared Goff is. Um, I said on last week's pod, I think they're going to win the Cowboys game. That's probably still going to be my pick, but <laughs> I'd be lying if I said seeing the Cowboys absolutely smack around the Rams is not worrisome. I mean, the, the team is like is playing better right now than they were coming off that Bears game, and I do think the 10, the 10 days off could be a reason for that. Yeah, but to, to me, it's just the same thing. Like, they've played inconsistent football. The Eagles have played inconsistent football. This division has been been crap. Does it show you that they, they are, they're not giving up? Sure. I mean, of course not. Like, that's uh, – I, I, despite the public nature of Jason Garrett, I still think there's a lot of guys that like him in that locker room, you know, or, or forget that. Just there's money on the line for a lot of these guys. There's money on the line for Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and so on and so on and so on. So they better be motivated. That's, that's not an issue. Uh, I just – it's it's Jason Garrett in a big moment again, <laughs> and he's he lost a lot of those battles. So I, it's not that uh, one game is not going to scare me. An entire season of seeing what the Dallas offense can do to this Eagles defense, as it was just hurting you know against Washington, I think is a bigger issue. Uh, and if the Dallas gets off to a, a hotter start, then man, you know, like turn off the lights and the party's over, and that's that's it. But there's. Plenty of time to kind of figure that out over the next week, and I'm sure we'll dive deep in into that. But um, let's let's talk about the defense too for a second. As uh, I I right now am, I thank God that Liquid Death is around because if it wasn't, I'd be I uh, well I, you know I don't want to be throwing cans of Liquid Death at, at my television because I would have probably done that at some point if uh, I just couldn't believe could not believe that they were such a sieve today against. Again, Haskins, who has been you know trending in the right direction, but not like that, you know. And I, I don't know. I I think it's time to. I I'm really am done with with a lot of what they're doing. Like the all the different fancy coverages that they try and disguise in zone and pulling guys off and pulling guys back and inverted cover two and inverted cover three and all these other different things against a rookie quarterback seem totally unnecessary today. And then, you know, Vontae Mannix, Darby, uh, Rizul Douglas, they all had their kind of mishaps there. I, I don't feel as confident about the defensive side of the football holding up against Dallas, but just in general, I thought they played pretty bad today there, James. Yeah, I, look, I thought they were awful. Uh, I know there were a couple stops when when needed, but 
Man, really, really disappointing showing from the defense. And um, I, for me, it's obs- like it's worrisome that Dwayne Haskins did what he did. I, from what I've seen of Haskins, and I haven't watched a ton of Washington football, uh, he hasn't looked comfortable in the pocket a lot. He hasn't looked, um, you know, as sharp as he did. I, I think this clearly is best game as a pro. So, yeah, that's a worry. You expect to be able to confuse him. You expect to be able to do some things to kind of throw him off his game. And we didn't really see any of that, leading to no mistakes. Honestly, the Redskins made more mistakes themselves, dropping footballs and whatnot, than the Eagles forced them into. So, yeah, I think it's a major worry. And and the, the tackling on the back end continues to be a real problem. Uh, I mean... Obviously, Darby is horrendous, but that McLaurin touch, I mean, just uh, bouncing off guys. And then just throughout the game, it felt like the secondary, first of all, too many holes in the secondary and then poor tackling in the secondary. It was a real problem. I'm with you. I am. Uh, it, I for I it is weird that this defense definitely seems to play much better at home than on the road. I do think that matters. Yep. But uh, I mean, it's it's disconcerting because one week this D looks legit and the next week they look awful. And it's really no in between. Yeah, I didn't understand. So I, I actually, I, sorry, I, I actually kind of disagree, and I know that it's an irrational way to feel, but I'm kind of not that concerned about the defense. I mean, when when you look at the last five weeks, right? The Dolphins game, without question, bad game, can't excuse it. Last week against the Giants, they have a bad start, but they shut it down in the second half. Today, really, uh, I mean, they got up to a really bad start only really allowed seven points in the second half when you consider the fumble, they got it in field goal range, and they held him to a field goal. So that's kind of a win. Um, now, I would maybe be concerned about the Eagles' defense, no matter what, going against the Cowboys, because the Cowboys have shown they can play well against them. But for whatever reason, I can't get myself worked up about the Eagles' defense. Well, it's because uh, you want to, you know, lick Jim Schwartz's butthole. That's okay. It's fine. You know. I... <laughs> no, but I'm, I mean, what, what did I say that's wrong? I mean, I'm, in all seriousness, like they, they definitely struggled today I, I'm to saying, a certain degree, but yeah. in the second half, they played much better. If those calls come out against Dak Prescott and those two wide receivers, it's going to be a really bad day is what I'm saying. I'm saying it's unnecessary to drop Fletcher Cox in coverage on the first drive that you see as opposed to attack, uh, attacking a, a rookie quarterback. I thought that was an odd decision to start the game that way. I understand that you wanted to distract him as much as possible and confuse him as much as possible, but clearly that was not working or whatever the offensive calls were the exact right guess against whatever the Eagles were throwing out there. I thought it was a very poor decision not to just – just simplify this thing and attack him and attack and attack. And I think that's what uh, they eventually did. Like once you got down to the second and third or the third quarter, late third quarter, fourth quarter, doing all those different things. But, uh, you know, just let him make mistakes, which he was bound to do at some point. And there was just too much, too many gaps in their uh, in their coverage for for that to to be completely necessary. And what they were doing, I just don't. I would rather you just do a bunch of cover zero blitzes at that point. If you're going to switch in and out, I, I thought it was a very sloppy rhythm type game for this defense. But they did anchor down when they need to, and that's what this defense does. Uh, and a lot of people like to throw it under the bus, and I, that's where I agree with you there, Elliot. But like, I, I don't know this this. This, to me, could go sideways pretty quickly, uh, and, and especially that opening 75-yard touchdown with, to Terry. Like, you knew that was, you knew that was coming for, for sure. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, that, that's still the, the biggest hole for me uh, moving forward because it's not about uh, – it, it, it needs to be more simplified and better. And in a way, you're right, Elliot. Like, I still, 
I still think that they've played more consistent ball on that side, and they've had a lot of more healthier horses too. Uh, but to expect them to hold this thing down while you know Dallas can score at will with a lot of those fast athletes and those powers and all that stuff, I, I just don't think that they can sustain that going into into next week. It needs to be a lot more lot more simplified heading into that game. So um, I. I, I do believe, though, that if you haven't already, you need to go to liquiddeath.com uh, because as uh, we've been talking for the, you know, the last couple of months here, it really has taken off, and it's because of you guys. And thank you so much for supporting them and us at the same time. Uh, they are uh, hardworking Philly guys that all ended up moving out to L.A., uh, and they have created one of the funnest water cans that you can buy uh, on the market. Liquid Death has – it's aluminum. It's a 16-ounce tall boy, and uh, the best part about it is, just like we learned over the past couple of weeks, you can really freak people out with a can because it's just all flaming skulls, very punk rock, very metal-looking uh, a very badass can that you can carry around with you. So uh, it's a great Christmas gift. I think it's a, a great way to celebrate the holidays uh, simply by having it in as a stocking stuffer if you can hand a couple of out. And just, you know, the challenge is to make people take it to work or to public and, and freak people out and enjoy some crystal clear, wonderful, delicious Australian uh, Austrian water uh, throughout uh, your day. So it's, it's very fun. James, any liquid deaths during the game today? Always, John. It's it's part of my new ritual. So yes, yes, yes. Uh, between all all of this stuff, uh, I think there's a lot to take away. But here's I've I've got a couple of uh, uh, Greg Ward questions for you guys. And first and foremost, I'm going to say this about Greg. Uh, I uh, listen. I don't know how to properly act as a media, a media member ever. It's never going to happen. Like I'm just a fan, and uh, it's it's awesome to go to those training camps. Uh, and getting that, I think it was my first year getting full access to, you know, all the media stuff during the summer. And to see Greg Ward's first year going to go from quarterback to wide receiver is a pretty like, wow, this, this kid has like a pretty good step on the position already. And, you know, he's just it's transferred over from it, you know, uh, for the last like six or seven months here. And then to see him again in year two and see how much he improved. And then year three which is now in a really good shot to make the team, and he fucking should have because, uh, obviously, you know, and, and Matt Collins is there and now is gone, which is a, a huge deal. And I think that's part of why, like, when you talk about Doug and the emotional intelligence that he has, sometimes I think it goes in that direction. And I don't know if that's a Howie call or whatever, but having Matt Collins in there for so long um, is – it's it's really silly at this point, and to see Greg Ward, more importantly, like enjoy this moment so much, and like overjoyed to see him catch a game winning touchdown pass, and not only that, be be Carson Wentz's consistent wide receiver weapon for the last couple of weeks. Every single time that he has stepped in to that arena, he's improved. Every single I don't remember like one awful practice from him ever one of the hardest working people and I know that gets thrown a lot around as a cliche but it is really true with Greg Ward very humble very quiet guy in the locker room would respectfully stand in your stand in the locker room and answer as many questions as possible I just want to say that first and foremost like Greg Ward should be overjoyed at this point that all of this stuff is paying off and secondly all you motherfuckers need to back off he was my guy from the beginning you can't just jump on board and say he was your guy now 
but you can join the bandwagon I, I, with open arms. Please, everyone, join the, join the Greg Ward Jr. bandwagon. Uh, uh, Elliot, I don't, I don't know if you saw the same things uh, during those training camps, but I guess that's why I'm so happy for Greg, because it is just like an overpowering, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to convert from quarterback to wide receiver, and I'm going to make it in the NFL, and he's not going anywhere now. Like, he is going to be on a roster here, somewhere else, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, he had a, he had a very good training camp. I mean, as, as we all know, I track every single stat, so <laughs> I know how many catches he had, and every day, when I would go to tally it up, I'd be like, oh, Greg Ward had six more catches, or something like that. So, he, uh, he had a great training camp, but what you said is absolutely true. I mean, his transition from a college quarterback to wide receiver shouldn't be understated. That's, it's very hard to do. But after that, he's just a good NFL receiver now. I mean, again, at the beginning of the pod, we talked about the magnitude of this win and really the back-to-back wins. Greg Ward will be better next year for having these moments. And when he first caught that pass from the press box, I thought it was Rob Davis just because it looked like a jump ball kind of, you know, fade. And I know yeah. that's not exactly what it was, but – he did a great job going up and getting it for a guy that's undersized. Um, and throughout this year, we've all been critical of the coaching staff. And we've all been critical of Carson Walsh and just kind of assumed he's going to be gone, and maybe he will be. But if anyone's looking for a prime example of, a, of the team bringing a young guy along and developing him and having him play well, it's right there in front of you because Greg Ward is that guy. I mean, he has stepped up big. He's a young guy. And he's playing well, and I think the coaching staff from Mike Rowe to Carson Walsh, Carson Walsh deserve credit for that. Uh, I don't know how much Carson Walsh <laughs> deserves credit, but I guess we're going to have to. Why would he not? He's the, because he's I the think, receiver coach. I, I, think it is, I think Greg Ward did this, I don't want to say entirely on his own, but you can tell the effort for him to well, learn this also, position. I, I agree with you, John. Also, what Spielman pointed out during the game I thought was a good point that Greg Ward is a quarterback originally. Like he understands scheme. He understands the where players are supposed to be, where he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to do. And I, I think that matters too. Oh yeah, that's a that's an excellent. Yeah, point. look, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying Carson Walsh created Greg Ward, but he's a receiver coach. He coached him all offseason. He coached him during the year. So he absolutely deserves some credit for the fact that Greg Ward has been able to come in and make an impact. We can't just pick and choose and criticize Carson Walsh for guys like Matt Collins, who he also has not been here all the time for, and then not give him credit for Greg Ward. I mean, I, I you know what? And this is here's my take on all this stuff. Like you, certain coaches can bring things out of you. Most of the time, if you're developing as a player, a lot of that's on you. You know, we can we can talk about player development as much as we want to, and the great ones can get the best out of you. Uh, I think it's really hard to say that this particular coaching staff really bl- brought along and developed this guy to a point like they didn't even – if that was why? true why? and they why? loved – Why is th- it hard to say? Because why, why was – it hard to say? He, he, he used to be a college quarterback, and now he got a game-winning touchdown to the receiver. You don't think they deserve credit for that? I mean, Greg absolutely tried hard, and you're right. He had a, a step ahead because of the fact he used to be a quarterback and all those things, but – like, I mean, this is a clear-cut definition of player development right here. It is, but if it was really, truly, you know, a lot of coaching and like, oh, what a, what a great job the staff has done, uh, he would have been here earlier. That's my feel on it. Or or they, they cannot see p- 
past themselves and they want to just like make sure you don't take Matt Collins' job away or whatever kind of politics goes behind. Well, that's behind. a front office thing. Yeah, I know. That's so I, so I don't know if coaching, yeah. yeah, I don't know who's in control of mixing that, but I'm sure Doug can be like, yo, you know, we need Greg here. He's been doing a phenomenal job or whatever. I, 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 I'm not saying that like no development went into it. I'm just saying like there are a lot of players that kind of gutted out and it looks like Greg did a lot of the heavy lifting here between having three different wide receiver coaches throughout his career so far. It's hard to pin anything down, but to James's point, I think it's just, you know, his football acumen really has helped him out too in this and a lot of other things. I, I don't think I can give Carson Walsh a lot of credit here. I'll give him the teeniest tiny just for you though, because I love you. Wow. This is a longer debate, but I, I think it's unfair to not give him credit, but we can, we can debate. But James, I mean, look, James, you can be the deciding vote. Yeah. Look, I, I don't, I don't think we really know how much to give him to be fair. I think, I think it's, you can't knock him. You can't say he had nothing to do with it, but at the same time, I don't know if, you know, it's all, or if he deserves a ton of credit, I really just don't, think we could know the answer i mean from what we've seen of carson walsh it doesn't seem like he's been particularly impressive so you know you assume that he hasn't done anything great with greg ward but i don't know i really don't know uh james let's finish uh, you're no longer the deciding vote then. <laughs> that's fair uh james yeah. let's let's finish up with this and uh before the game started adam Schefter had uh, tweeted out a uh, little article just saying, hey, you know, a lot of the top tight ends are going to make a shitload of money this year, included Kittle, uh, obviously included Kelsey in that as well. And, then, of course, Zach Ertz is uh, is in that venture as well. And they're talking about, like, big money. What was your initial reaction from kind of hearing, oh, wow, they're really going to go and pay uh, Zach Ertz a bunch of money? I mean, I, I think Zach Ertz is great, and I think he will continue to be good for, for at least a few more years. He hasn't taken a huge beating. You know, he's not someone who's taken a ton of hits. He's a great route runner. He's a smart football player. I think he'll age relatively well. I mean, um, I don't love the trend of, of paying guys heading into their 30s long-term deals, so um, I'm not like you know, eagerly awaiting the announcement or anything like that. But I also do think that, that Zach Ertz uh, will age well and is certainly shown year after year here, how valuable he is to this offense and, and Carson went. So um, I, I would be fine with them extending Zach Ertz. E, any, uh, any thoughts on um, Ertz getting big money? Yeah. So I had, I had heard prior to the bye week that they were working hard on Lane, Malcolm Jenkins and Ertz. So this isn't, overly surprising. I think that you're going to see them resign a lot of their guys, uh, especially older guys. I mean, look, they've done it with Brandon Graham. They did it with Jason Kelsey. Like, they're going to stick with their guys. Um, I, I would be okay with paying Ertz. Uh, I think he's still a very productive player. And I think his game also will age well in the way that he doesn't rely on speed. He's just very good at getting open. Um, so I would be some, I would be okay with it. I'd also say that Maybe Goddard hasn't really developed as much because of Ertz, and that's a possibility, but I don't feel confident enough in what Goddard is right now to feel comfortable about moving away from Ertz. Uh, yeah, so do I. And, and listen, I think there's this, and I don't know, it could be a straw man, but I, 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 remember, I tweeted that out, and it feels like, oh, great, you're going to pay this, this, 
For some reason, it's not quite like Zach Ertz is an amazing tight end in this league yet. They still can't get past like the yak thing or, you know, that it can't break a ton of tackles because it's not really like his game. And they look at George Kittle and they look at Kelsey and they look at all these different physical tight ends that are probably. And, and I would even say Dallas Goddard's probably even a, a better all around tight end when it comes to that. But like. Zach Ertz can catch footballs and a ton of them, and it's not just by accident that he gets open. So I'm sure I'll regret saying this, but I look at Zach Ertz as a guy that you can travel into 33, 34, 35 pretty comfortably. Uh, and now he's going to tear I, I his also, hamstring. I'd also say this. Like, <laughs> how many – is there is there any player on the roster more accomplished than Zach Ertz just in terms of what he's done? I I don't think so. I mean, it's a hall. Uh, of I mean, Fletcher Cox is really the only one you yeah, can make an true. argument for. Good call, James. See, that's why. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, now I'll say it's tougher for him to have big moments. Like Earth, you know, caught the game when he touched down the Super Bowl. Exactly. So it's hard yeah. for Fletcher to have moments like that. But uh, Earth is certainly, you know, it's not number one. Definitely up there. Um, I uh, I, I want to leave us uh, with all this first and foremost. Uh, we want to thank Zoe Seltzer for for toughing this one out because hey, uh, she uh, she allowed uh, Daddy Seltzer to at least watch the entire game in full. He is sleeping nicely now. I I, I assume so, James. Yes, she. I'm looking at her right now. She's out cold. It's a what beautiful a, thing. What a what a champion. She is the true MVP of uh, well the Eagles winning in the podcast alone. Uh, and now that I've complimented James Elliott. Uh, I have to rip James for something because um, right. when we did our pregame show this morning, um, I felt really comfortable about a lot of my bets, and uh, and it, it so happened. Oh no, this is on me. That uh, that on I, me. That I was I was reading really well today, so I was up a hundred and ninety three dollars because of Christian McCaffrey. Thank you, uh, uh, and, and and Chris Carson who did their jobs with their prop bets. And then I talk on the air. I'm saying, James, I got a really good feeling about this plus 800 of Wentz over 260 yards, uh, Ertz over 75 yards, and Miles Sanders over 75 yards rushing. And he talked me out of it because James is the best at making you do or not do something, which is always a good sounding board because I respect everything uh, that comes out of his mouth. But this time, James, you cost me like 900 bucks. Brutal man, what a what a bad beat. Never listen oh. to me. That's what I always say. Between Ben Simmons not not coming up with twenty five points over the weekend and that just just heartbreaking. But uh, still, oh, I hope uh, everyone had a, a fantastic Sunday. Uh, e, any any last uh, thoughts here? Yeah, next Sunday is the biggest game of Carson Wentz's career. Oh, I mean, not even not even a de- not not even not even a debate. Uh, so I mean, I'm look. I'm super excited for this week. Out of curiosity, fellas, what was this week for Carson Wentz? Was this the most important game of his career going into this too, or what? It's the same no, thing. It wasn't. It's the same thing. They have to win to stay alive. No, it's different. They could have lost today and still be alive. Next week, it looks like if they lose, it's completely over. And it's against the Cowboys, and it's at home. I mean, next week is is the biggest game of Carson's career. <laughs> Uh, James, any final thoughts as we're rolling out here, pal? Yeah, look, I, I am. I, I actually agree. Regardless, <laughs> it's it's Dallas week. It is yeah. Dallas week, and it is essentially, in all theory, for all intents and purposes, for the NFC East. It doesn't get better than that. I, I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm just pumped because it is Dallas week, and because of the circumstance. Thank God that I didn't have to waste an entire season 
not saving the moment that you all know is coming on Thursday when we do our preview pod. It is time to fire up the ecstasy of gold and light this motherfucker on fire because we need you all in. I don't care how you feel. You can feel like me. You can feel like Elliot who thinks that they're going to the playoffs. I, I'm taking this thing week by week. James has said that they're, you know, this is, this, is, this is ready to rock and roll here. However you feel, leave it all to the side. All the bullshit needs to go to the side now. It's time to come together. And it's time to get fucking balls to the wall fired up to dismantle. Forget about the long term of this season. Who cares? Carson Wentz's development, getting in the playoffs, that's all well and good. But to dismantle the Dallas Cowboys franchise and to make them do stupid decisions on not reaching the playoffs, fuck with Dak's money, fuck with Cooper's money, whatever it is, it's time for chaos in Dallas. I hope you're there with us. Thank you so much for listening to the Go Birds pod right here. Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. As we used to say in the old country, James! Go Birds! Go Birds!